everyone and welcome to the latest episode of PR Not BS with me Fiona Scott. How are you doing today, this week, this month? I hope it's been really productive for you and um, thank you, thank you for listening in, thank you for downloading. We're getting close to 1,600, 1,700 downloads now so I'm just hugely grateful to you all for supporting this little podcast. And today I'm proud to be joined by the lovely Nicola Snell. And I have to say, Nicola, we've never met before, so I'm learning alongside our listeners. So I'm going to give you an open platform to introduce yourself. Well, how lovely. Thanks so much for having me on. And I'm really looking forward to chatting today as well. Um, so shall I start off with a bit of my funny old background, maybe? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We all like we're all nosy. We all like background <laughs> stories. Well, mine's probably, yeah, it's a bit more unusual in that um, I studied anthropology at university, didn't have a clue what I wanted to do afterwards, which probably isn't that unusual for most. But what happened was I went traveling, buried my head in the sand for a little bit. And then I got a call just towards the end of the, end of the year from my dad saying, Nikki, what do you want to do with your life? Um, and if you've got no ideas, would you like to come move home for a few months and try and get this business idea that I've got off the ground? And I was like, what? What have you been up to? Anyway, it turns out he had, he had this big job in, in a, 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 I think it was a financial institution doing marketing. And on the side, he'd invented a picture hanging product. And he thought that it was really, you know, it had legs. It had potential to be a business. And it was called Hang Free. It was a strip of plastic with pins embedded in the back. And it would hook onto wallpaper. So it'd save you having to drill a hole into the wall. Anyway, he um, got this going, got a prototype together and wanted to really put some time into it, but couldn't leave his job. So I was like, brilliant. This is great. It sounds right up my street, something to do and give me a bit of direction. And he offered to pay for me to do my Chartered Institute of Marketing course. So then I went home. I set up the website for him. I started fulfilling orders got into marketing and learned what PR actually was and how to market this new website um, and did everything it took really to get a business off the ground. I even went on QVC Shopping Channel and did a bit of sales on there, which was definitely not the angle I was going to take, but it was quite fun all the same. Um, and then he decided to invest in that company a little bit more because it was going quite well and get the product mass made in China. However, at that stage, the product came back and it was unsellable. The pins fell out. He couldn't He couldn't do it. It, it wasn't possible to, to do it. And he didn't want to put more money into it. So he said, oh, I'm really sorry, Nikki. I think, you know, might be time to look for a job. So I started looking around um, and actually just going back, I had been getting him tons of press coverage. And that was something I really, really fell in love with. And so I was looking for a job and I couldn't find anything. He said, Nikki, you're really good at PR. Why don't you offer different people the chance to, you know, you to do the PR for you? I was like, I'm 23. There's no one's going to hire me. And he just gave me the confidence to email lots of people, do it. What was, you know, a mail merge, a mass mail. And uh, I had within, within two weeks, I had, I think it was 10 clients and I was 23, but I was offering PR for 50 pounds a month. So I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I went in low. Well, that must be uh, a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, 20, 20 years ago. Um, and there I was. I, I had clients. I I was suddenly doing their PR. And because it was an interiors product, this picture hanging product, I kind of went in that route because I was speaking to journalists at Good Homes and the Evening Standard and all the interiors journos. Um and then it, and then that was it. And he had a spare domain name called Zero to One PR. And so he said, Would you like that? And I said, Oh, yeah, brilliant. That'll do. That'll do for a name. And that business just grew slowly and steadily over the years. Um, 
I was still living at home and I was getting bigger to the point where I was going, you know, I'm sending these images out because a lot of product PR is all about just sending out product photography to the media and building up your database and building those relationships and writing press releases. Um, Dad being quite senior in marketing, he said, oh, there's a system here. You you could start to automate this. And so we sat down together. I must have been about 24 by then and and did the wireframe. So the basic concept of what Pressloft could look like. Part of the idea, didn't have enough money to find a developer to do it. Part of the idea, then moved out to London and slowly grew that agency and carried on doing PR. Um, I kept going back to this idea, though. I really needed it as my agency to scale. And so eventually I found an amazing developer who I just happened to meet at a networking event and he started to build the very first phases of Pressloft as it was then I'd managed to scrape enough money together in the agency. And he's actually still with us today, this guy that I randomly met at a networking, he's the uh, chief technical officer now. Um, and so it, it, it launched and I realized very quickly this was going to be used by other agencies and other brands could use it. And it was this subscription-based model over the agency model, which really took off. Uh, and that was the one that I put more and more effort into. Although the agency was still Pressoff's biggest client, it was just growing in its own way. Um, and really, long story short, that you know that was in 2006, so what, 16 odd years ago. And, and now Pressoff has completely overtaken the agency. I actually closed the agency last year, which was letting go of my baby. But um, it's absolutely right, Pressoff's big now you know we're, look, we're lucky enough to look after 1500 brands and generate around 10,000 pieces of coverage for our clients um, a month and they range from massive companies like Wayfair down to beautiful creators who are one-man bands you know we put them all on the same platform and allow them to get seen by the press basically. Cool so let's cover that then I work with um, what I do in my business is I um, I prefer human interest stories yeah. But in doing that and focusing on that, I do work with product-based businesses. And I have mm-hmm. at least one client where I hire in a product placement PR to do yeah. that bit because it's not the bit I enjoy. Yeah. So I can see Pressloft working quite well for someone like me. So, okay, mm-hmm. let's pretend I know absolutely nothing about it. I discover mm-hmm. Pressloft on the internet. Sell mm-hmm. it to me. Um, <laughs> this doesn't happen often that I ask this question, but sell it to me. How does it work and roughly what does it cost or base price? Yep. Talk me through it, Nicola. Okay, so we're a website hosted on pressloft.com. So you would go on there and you can take up a 60-day free trial. Anyone can do that, whether you're an agency or an individual brand. You go on there, you sign up um, for a free 60-day trial, no obligation, no card or anything like that. You just sign up. The key to this is our image library. So in terms of product PR, the journalists are looking for product imagery to feature in their articles to represent a theme. So you up- upload all of your product imagery onto the site. In the, in the trial, you get up to a thousand images. And in a nutshell, the more images that you have, the more coverage that you're going to get. So, and it's not just one image per product, it's a variety of styles. So if Living Etc are doing a roundup of curved furniture, for example, you want to have your cutout shots, so the ones on a pure pure background, as well as any lifestyle shots, so in situ if you're lucky enough to be able to do them. So the more variety you have of your products that you upload, the, the more reach you're going to get and the more you're going to appeal to the journalists. So then you upload the images. It's a bit like, it looks a bit like a shop, I suppose, but it's very much about a, um, a free resource for, for the media. And so then they'll come along and search for, I don't know, planters or gifts for mum or bed linen 
whatever they're searching on, and they'll find all of the brands in one place that they can download imagery for for their articles. And that's in a nutshell what we do. And that's pretty much what's part of the trial. So you get to see how well your images perform on the site. We also do press release distribution. We have some leads that come through from journalists. And then more recently, we've added influencer marketing on there. So you can put a pitch out to influencers saying, I'm looking for certain type of influencer and we're prepared to offer you X. And then you'll get pitched back to you as well. But my ethos, my whole reason for being is uh, to make PR simple, um, to, to really deconstruct it into its its bare form of getting your products in front of the journalists, and then they can choose if they want to feature you or not. I um, I love that because you've probably picked up from um, PR, not BS, no nonsense. Mm. Yeah. I'm exactly of that mind, even with people stories, to be honest, as well as products. Mm. One thing I would ask, though, what if you get product shots that are covered in a client's branding? And it will be often products, are, you know, I don't know, I work with a uh, CBD product yeah. um, company. So all of their products have their branding on. How do you get around that then, Nicola? So if it's branding on products, so beauty products are always branded typically or health products, that's absolutely fine. If it's a logo that's overlaid on top of the imagery, that doesn't work. That will never make the cut into the press. You simply won't get any coverage for it. But it's absolutely fine to have branded products that go in, in the press. No problem at all. I'm fascinated by this. I want to rush off now and have a little look. So <laughs> let's just say uh, my um, CBD uh, client we've uploaded let's just say 10 product images yep. um, they meet the criteria of press loft mm -hmm. and they suddenly appear in uh, I don't know Christmas gift guide roundup or you know yep. uh, a menopause or whatever it might yep. be article how can the client use that are they able to then I don't know use an online link and say oh we've appeared in such and such a magazine as part of this roundup what's the sort of you know, what's your advice around how to make the most of that opportunity? Oh, I love this question because I think there's a couple of fact reasons I love this question. One is that people often don't use their PR. They get in the press. I mean, you'll have had this. You get in the press and they go, right, right, you know, feet up, job done. Let's watch the sales come in. And that's just literally a small part of the value of PR. The way you use it is really important, but you have to use it in a way that's legal. And this is where it comes into the CLA and the NLA, which are the licensing organizations, which control the rights to republish articles. So um, basically that's really expensive. If you want to share the actual um, piece of coverage, you need to have a license for, for the majority of publications. If you want to get around that because you can't afford it, which is the majority of the clients that we work with, what you can do is you own your product imagery. There's no guessing around that. So you can do these lovely styled shots of as featured in, or you can put a flash on your product in your shop to say as featured in stylist or telegraph. Um, the logos are copyrighted. You cannot use them as much as everyone does. You, you're not supposed to. You can get fined, and I've heard of people being fined. Um, so there are lots of ways around it you can shout about it on your socials you can put it in your customer newsletters all of the PR that you can shout about builds trust and that that trust factor is what's going to convert people to a sale especially if they're wobbly or they don't know about your brand or you know they're not sure if you're legit and um, they if they can see third-party endorsements so someone else saying you're great especially of a good caliber they're more likely to convert into a sale on the site if it's made visible to them um, yeah, I'm really interested. The whole NLA, CLA, I have oh, a yeah. personal view about that. Um, and uh, I would advise my clients just as you've done. 
um, to, I, I always call it working. It also means you're taking ownership of that thing. Yep. So I would advise people. So if you know you've been in the latest women's magazine and your um, product has been featured, I'd write a blog about that. Mm. You yeah, don't that's need lovely. To, you know, I'd write a blog about it, the, how it happened. This is how I did it, how mm. thrilled we are. Um, put put it out on your social media. You'll write about the logos. I did, interestingly, um, our, my MP, I live in Swindon in Wiltshire, my MP is a KC, a King's Council. And I asked him about all of this and he thought that in law, the NLA and the CLA would have very, find it very mm. difficult to prosecute. For a logo usage. Uh, well, for, yeah, copyright. Um, in America, they have something called fair use, mm. a fair use clause, which we don't have. And I think we should mm. lobby for, in actual fact, that if you are supplying something and you're not stealing someone's creativity mm. um, and you're sharing to help them and, you know, helping yourself at the same time, that that should fall under fair use. As long as you're not taking that woman's magazine and saying, oh, and it's in Fiona Scott's magazine... Mm. Um, you're owning where it's come from, where the originator is. So mm. I've, it is a very murky area, though, isn't it, Nicola? It is. And I. it's interesting, you're a journalist and you're saying this as well. I, I like to hear what people what people feel about it. But, you know, it is the law. It, you can't get around it. And I have known many people to be... Um, taken uh, have fines from the NLA and the CLA because they've reproduced the articles without knowing which you know is is just par for, for the course so it's something that I'm very passionate about that making sure that people understand the law and that they have tools to shout about the wonderful coverage that they've had without compromising any copyright um, instances that are very particular to the UK it seems yeah and I think that as an industry actually um, I know some work has been done between PR and journalists uh, around online links but as an industry it's something that needs to be tackled long term mm, mm. Um, there it, is, yeah is, sorry is, sorry i was just gonna say because we're in a new and emerging world mm. multiple marketing tools you've already mentioned influencers micro emphasis multiple social mm. media channels mm. and the law just hasn't kept up mm. Mm. yeah i agree yeah and even links some some say and i i'm uh, not a lawyer but even the links themselves can in some instances be copyrighted so you've got to be really careful we do you know sharing links I, I yeah it's a gray area I'm not going to make any legal no, no, commentary no, 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 but no, uh, just no, be no. careful basically and there are plenty of ways around it there are plenty yeah and actually yeah there is the law there is gray murk and um, I have had one client who was issued with a fine and he was willing to go to court, which I mm. encouraged him to do, actually. But mm. it all went away um, mm. quite naturally. So um, I'm sure in the fullness of time, this will become a story that will reemerge. Mm. But actually, if you don't focus on that, but you focus Absolutely. on what you can do, absolutely, mm. you can work you're working it. You're working your PR, your investment, mm. that whether it's time, money or both, you're mm. working it. So, okay, if someone had, does your 60-day trial, what happens after that? So afterwards, their account will close unless they actively choose a, a, pay, a 
you know a package so that's just to be clear there is no <laughs> there is no obligation there but afterwards you can choose a tr- a pay package if you wish and that's from 20 pounds a month for 10 images up to 350 pounds a month for a thousand images and some people like wayfair might go you know to 2000 images or whatever but that those those packages are, are more than enough for the majority of clients and so it does start really small if you've only got 10 images you're only going to get occasional coverage and you have to work those images quite hard and by working them hard it means that you have to add the right keywords you have to do this with any of them but keywords being you know if if christmas is coming up make sure all the christmas terms are there if there's a new trend coming up or a color trend make sure your relevant keywords are added to the relevant images just to make sure you're visible and this is where it becomes quite an administrative role rather than a pr talent role and that's it's de-skilling pr in that respect you don't need to know who's at the times or who's at moved to stylist recently you can just upload your images and they will find you on the site um so yeah you can choose one of the packages and uh and then send out whatever you've paid for on the site and press releases or uh, collabs with, with influencers it's a it's just another tool in the pr toolkit though isn't it Nicola? yeah absolutely particularly yeah. if you're a product-based business or i don't know you're an interior designer who's you know working mm. with the in colors that year or mm. whatever it might be i just think it's brilliant that people know about it mm. and they can access it at whatever level they can afford i guess absolutely yeah that's and that's it we've got something for every uh, size of business um and but you know there is still very much a place for prs we work with tons of agencies and tons of freelancers they add another level of strategy they add the press release writing if you don't have time to do that you know PR is still in part about relationships so if you are going to be employing a PR then you know ask them who they know at the titles that you want to be in and and make sure they're selling you in but there are some tools if you you know other tools that you wanted to you know you like talking about them um do you ever recommend Readly I love Readly yes 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 it's brilliant. It's really helping people do the research very affordably across thousands of titles. So that's one we love. And another one I recommend is snov.io. There are a few different ones out there, but it's snov.io. And so say if you want to be particularly in, this is for online research. So say if you wanted to be in, I don't know, stylist online, you pop the, the URL of stylist into their website and it will it will uncover any available email addresses that are on there. Um, it's not foolproof it might not find everyone but it's a great way of chipping away at that research phase which as you know is just that's I would say it's about 75 percent if not more of the time that goes into doing your own PR is the research phase so tools like that can really really help um, streamline that process as well. Often when I'm talking to training people in PR I will I put it down into four broad categories and one is campaign led so big brands big budget they will pay for their messages to go almost everywhere mm. and it's big money and they won't care about spending big money and they might get editorial coverage as a result of that. Um, the second one I talked to is about product placement as a separate discipline within PR and as a business grows, the two product um, businesses I work with, one has their own PR product placement company because they haven't got time. And I guess they might use tools like Pressloft as part of it. Absolutely. Um, Or their agency may use Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, And then I talk about proactive PR, which is getting out in your local community, your local business community, telling people what you're doing. Um, And then reactive. So, you know, 
responding to journalists, but you seem to have combined reactive, responding to what journalists want when they want it, and product PR, which I find fascinating. <laughs> That's yeah, we do. So I think my it came from being a PR and you know, getting leads in. So using amazing tools like Response Source as well. So they're, they're very good at that. We have our own lead service as well, which is specifically in interiors and gifting. Realising that I'm curating things for the media. And, you know, of course, a good PR should be good at that. But it's still not necessarily, you're not in their head. You don't know what their brief is from their editor behind the scenes. So like, well, surely they want to choose what they want when they want to choose it. And that's really where that, you know, that ethos is behind allowing the journalists to save them time, really, um, finding what they want. Brilliant. And um, so, yeah, we have we have combined all that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So listen out, people. If you are a product-based business or you work with product-based businesses um, in any aspect of marketing, doesn't have to be publicity, um, check out Pressloft because it could just be another um, tool in your kit to help your client be more visible and be more seen, be more mainstream, and maybe hit that national notch, which they have not hit before. So, Nicola, um, given you run Pressloft, you and your team, how can people um, access Pressloft? And if they want to follow you for your insights, how can they find you? Where do you want to be found? Yeah, so we are at pressloft.com. On our socials, um, you can follow us on LinkedIn uh, forward slash pressloft, basically. And our, on Instagram, it's at pressloft as well. We share tons of content. We're always doing webinars. Uh, we have our blog, so blog.pressloft.com. We have all sorts of downloads on there. So PR calendars, press release templates, uh, advice, tips, PDFs that you can use for, for yourself as well. So, yeah, we love the education side of it and, and just making it simple. Uh, that's that's really what drives us forwards. Brilliant. Well, um, Nicola, it's been a joy talking to you. Thank you so much for thank com you. coming on the podcast. Um, and I look forward to building a relationship with you in the future. Very much. Thanks so much for having me. That's all right, Nicola. And I hope you all enjoyed that. Thanks so much for listening today. Um, if you want to find me, I'm at www.scottmedia.uk or pop onto Facebook and join Fiona Scott's PR tribe. It's free. And as long as you're serious about PR and marketing and, you know, you're not flippant, you're there for the long game, please uh, apply to join. And um, speak to you next time. Bye.